Hello, and welcome to Diz After Dark, a Disney podcast of grown-ups that's not the same as all the others. Each episode, we'll discuss the latest news from both inside and outside Disney parks and resorts, but with an adult twist. All views and opinions are our own, and listener discretion is advised. Please lower your safety restraints, as things may get bumpy. But if you're ready, we'll get started. Hello and welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I'm Nick and on this week's episode I'm joined by the two pools, Mr. P. Dubs for Washington. Hello. Why was that so hard for me to get out? I've got no idea. I don't know. Uh, a complete mental block as I said the two pools. I mean, it's... Only, only three and a half years of doing that. Yeah, but not, not even that. I've already said the pools are on. So surely the first thing that's going to come out is Paul. Yeah. Jesus. It's the heat, it's the heat, I'm blaming the heat. And of course, the dulcet tones of our very own Mr. Dolan. Hello there, how are we? Very good, thank you, very good. <laughs> that was very Jack and Ori. It was, wasn't it? How are we to be, children? I think are we good? I think it should be like this every week, to be honest, yeah. with you talking like you're reading a Jack and Ori story. Are you all sitting comfortably? <laughs> then we shall begin. Uh, funny enough, you say that. Because um, you've not heard this yet, but there's some new intro music this week. I um, We put out a little mini episode yesterday, which uh, hopefully you've listened to, um, which starred my wife for the first ever time and my daughter for the second time. Um, and on that, I made a little announcement that um, I put to, to bed uh, my awful comedy uh, intros that I've been recording over the last few months, which started off as a really bad joke and just uh, escalated into insanity. Um, now, funny enough, that, that announcement's not even 24 hours old, and I've already had three people contact me to say, please don't do that. <laughs> but we mate, we even got a review on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, did we really? <laughs> yeah, saying, don't stop. <laughs> so um, so I, I've... I've temporarily put it to a halt mainly because like even though they sound crap they they take me a lot of time to put together i put a lot of effort into them for not much reward so uh, it's it's gone away for now it might come back in the future depending on um how upset people get which is not a sentence i thought i'd be saying um but there is a new intro and and you've almost paraphrased it mr d which is quite interesting so (laughs) you'll have to listen and and find out but uh i can't believe we're already a few minutes in and it's baking hot and i haven't asked what everybody's drinking yet so uh p-dubs what are you drinking uh i'm just drinking a pint of orange squash orange squash are you um do you firstly put a fair bit of squash in or do you like it quite weak? No, I'm a strong... Strong. Has to, I have to be able to taste it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. And also, are you a squash in first? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the only way to yeah. make it. I, I don't... Yeah. I can't take anyone seriously or trust somebody that adds squash to a glass of water. It just doesn't mix properly. No. What do you mean, just, water? Isn't it what? squash and the whiskey? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends put on... Put my squash and then I put my whiskey on top. It, it depends this on... Is, it, no, if it's, it, it depends if it's five o'clock somewhere. If it's, it's five, five o'clock, o'clock always, somewhere everywhere. Always. Well, yeah, touche. Uh, well, that's an interesting combination I'll try at the weekend. Um, 
Mr. D, I almost don't want to ask you what you're, you're drinking now because I feel like <laughs> I know. Uh, no, you don't. I'm, uh, I'm drinking Coors Light, and it was good that you guys were talking there because I was struggling to get the top off this Coors Light bottle, but I finally managed it. Good so, stuff. And the reason why Coors Light is because, you're right, it's a hot day, and I went to the local uh, bargain booze, and of the ones, of the cold ones that they had in the fridge, this was this was the best of the bunch, I think. Mm. I think they've been pillaged pretty hard today because there wasn't a lot that was in the fridge, and most of that wasn't cold. No. So I've got a nice Coors Light, or a six-pack of Coors Light, to be precise. Very good Cheers. choice. Of course, other other brands of off-license and alcohol-selling establishments are available. Um, yeah, indeed. I forgot, um, or I didn't realise that I had no drink in the fridge other than the water that I've been drinking all day because I'm still on my health kick. Um, so knowing there was 20 minutes to go before the podcast, I quickly put a can of uh, Brewdog Indy into the freezer. And uh, even in 20 minutes, it got very cold. So I'm very excited to open that. So cheers, everybody. Yes. Cheers. Oh, that hits the spot. So all I've been drinking today is water, so... That's uh, that's a pleasant change. Right. The first segment of the show this week, as usual, is what's happening in the Disney parks. Oops. I mean, that's the perfect <laughs> cut for him. <laughs> what's <laughs> happening when you <laughs> drop your iPad on the floor? <laughs> the Dad Disney Parks News Roundup is sponsored by WP Magic Journeys to find great prices for your next Disney holiday as well as letting someone take the stress out of booking your fast passes and your dining reservations. Contact Wendy at wpmagicjourneys.com or wpmagicjourneys on social media. Mention Diz After Dark for a $25 off your deposit. It is the smart way to book your dream Disney holiday. Who wants to go first? P-Dubsk. You want to go first, Well, Yeah. I suppose we better touch on the main one that we, we've not talked about, and that's Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, because that, I think we missed it by a day, didn't we, or something stupid? Yeah, but I think so. It's- it's very close. I was just looking at the date. So it was announced on the 11th, so 11 days ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a couple of days. We, we missed it by. Yeah. Um, so we do now have opening dates for both versions of the attraction, the one in, in California and in, and in Orlando. So Orlando is getting theirs first. Um, so theirs opened on the 5th of December 2019. So it is coming this year, mm-hmm. um, just before the, the Christmas rush. Um, whereas California's isn't until next year. Um, they get theirs on the 17th of January, 2020. I thought the dates were interesting, if I'm honest, because, you know, as we know, Christmas is an extremely busy period at the parks, yeah. especially uh, at, at Disney World. So they're opening arguably their biggest attraction in decades in terms of what it, you know, the actual achievement of it, right into the busiest time of the year. Yeah. 
Well, I don't think, I mean, I mean, look, the, the reason it's not opening in August is because it's, it's clearly not ready. Right. So I, I, yeah. I get that. I'm, I'm fine with that, but would it not have made more sense for them to have done what they've done in Disneyland and open it after Christmas? Because they're already going to get the people in for Christmas. Uh, I think they need to get as much in for this financial year. Right. Okay. As much as they possibly can, if it's ready, it needs to be open. Yeah. And they must be throwing a lot of money at it to get it ready. So sooner they can get through that phase where it's actually costing them money and they start to make money back. Mm. That's got to be... it's got to be a motivator, but I mean, to next point though, boy oh boy, if you're going to be a cast member on Ride of the Resistance, you better hope it starts up well because mm. there's going to be a lot of people queuing up. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people queuing up anyway, but, but with the parts being so busy, expectations being so high, there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure to keep that thing running. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And look, you know, we've seen recently with, um, with Hagrid and you know we also saw a little bit when uh Pandora opened uh Flight of Passage opened that you know when you get a new attraction there are technical difficulties quite frequently when an attraction first opens so you know you know what is their most technologically advanced ride system tied in with the busiest time of year that to me is is a recipe for disaster and an attraction they've quite clearly already had problems with. Yeah. Yeah. What could go wrong? I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, we haven't we haven't talked about it ourselves, but we had been discussing about the uh, the possibility of using one of our days in Orlando to go over to um, to Hollywood Studios to see Galaxy's Edge. And in a way, I kind of feel like a lot of people have been feeling with their holidays which is do i want to go and see a land that's only you know three quarters complete or half complete and i'm 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 not sure i'm not sure if i do on the one hand i really want to see it because i mean the land itself looks looks amazing and we've seen what they've done already done in um the disneyland version but there is that point of it's not ready so you're almost paying the same price for half the experience. Yeah, well, you're going to pay a premium if you're only going to buy a one-day ticket as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous uh, how much a one-day ticket costs. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's kind of – it's made me kind of contemplate that a little bit as to, you know, is, is it going to be worthwhile doing? I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I am worried by the date. I do think this is not gonna. This is not gonna be good. I think the. I'm sure the ride will be amazing, and I'm sure that the reactions to the ride will be amazing. And I can't wait to, you know, really understand what exactly it is that we're getting with Rise of the Resistance because I think we're still pretty much in the dark. Um, but I also think there's going to be a lot of complaints. Unless it, unless the ride system, you know, they've got a high degree of confidence that. It's it's going to be reliable. You've got to hope so with the amount of time they've had to do it, and obviously yeah. fixing the issues that they found in the first place. Yeah. The other thing is, you wonder when it will stop soft open. You know I mean, so they're they're saying the fifth of December, 
which gives them a couple of relatively quiet weeks because you passed Thanksgiving. You still got a couple of weeks before it really kicks off for Christmas, but you got to believe they're going to soft open before that. Um, so maybe three, four weeks to, to get it ready for that peak period, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, on but, that, yeah. on that note, you know, while we're still talking about Galaxy's Edge, um, we do now know that there there are cast member previews of the yeah. Hollywood Studios version of Galaxy's Edge um, starting in a few weeks. I think it's the fifth of August. Yes, I'm sure that's what I saw this morning. People that have got their slots. Yeah, so that's running. I think it was until the fifteenth. Because is it is it is it the sixteenth that it opens? Twenty nine. 29th of August. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, the cast reviews are running until somebody's that- birthday that day. That's how I know. Just saying. <laughs> Dropping hints in now. Um, so yeah, I think it's the 15th or the 16th of August is is the last day of cast previews. So that I suppose will give them a few more weeks to just iron out the bugs, um, anything they've encountered, and then be ready for for opening. Um, and again it's it's an interesting time to open because um i believe most of the schools will be back by that point in the, in america yeah then they start school at like the the middle or it's the middle of august isn't it they start back most of them yeah some of them i think the east coast schools go back a week later right but by the end of august they'll pretty much all be back i think yeah when our schools over here start the first-ish week of, of September in in majority of cases. Yeah. So there's not going to be anyone there to see it. Well, of course, there will be because it's always busy. But, you know, yeah. it will certainly be a, a quieter time for them to open it than, uh, than it will do. So Cool. Um, Mr. Yeah. D, what did you have? Um, some stuff for Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, no, sorry, not Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> Wrong podcast. podcast. <laughs> Nicky's not so scary Halloween Horror Nights. Um, <laughs> so they've announced that there's going to be a new Firewatch show. Well, they, they said that earlier, but they've announced some of the some of the details of that. So it's going to be hosted by Jack Skellington, and I guess as as expected, it's going to be a combination of fireworks and light show. Um, so uh, it's 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 gonna have a, have a story, I guess. It's based on a, a haunted house where Mickey, Donald, and Goofy um, take a journey from one room to another, encountering dancing skeletons, waltzing ghosts, and a whole series of troublemaking Disney villains. So the only way they could really do that and tell that story, I think, is is if it is a projection show on the on the castle with fireworks. Um, but then they've also said that. Uh, there's going to be more attraction overlays so Monster World is coming to Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor where a cast of monsters will learn about Halloween uh, the live actors are going to be back in Pirates of the Caribbean Space Mountain is going to run in its dark mode and then there's some special lightning music for the Mad Tea Party so uh, definitely going to be a little bit different the good thing is I don't think they've said anything about the boot uh, the yeah, boo to you parade, which is a fantastic parade. So hopefully they don't they don't change that. It's the it's the best uh, parade in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. 
And then I also read that the parties for the 30th and 31st have already sold out. Of October? Uh, yeah, of October, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, I think that is because we've talked, I mean, uh, mainly about Halloween Horror Nights to mention the other podcasts, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, traditionally the, the 31st is, uh, is more of a quiet day. It is for Halloween Horror Nights. Mm. I don't. I don't think so much for Mickey's not so scary because because it's like the audience is different in that. So for Halloween Horror Nights, anybody that's got kids or whatever is out trick or treating with them. Yes. But then for Mickey's not so scary, it's a place where you're going to take your kids if you aren't trick or treating. So I believe the thirty first is usually a sellout. Right. It kind of depends on what day of the week it lands on as well, I think. But usually those last ones are are pretty busy. And it's, I mean, that's one of the more expensive nights as well, isn't it, the 31st? It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of the October ones are quite quite expensive. We bought our tickets. We're going to go on the 6th of October, which I thought was a great idea. And then I discovered that uh, Columbus Day is like the next day. Oh. So all the kids are on holiday, so that one's going to be quite busy as well. So I think most of the October ones are going to be busy. Yeah, it seems mm. like a good plan at the time. <laughs> Actually, Touring Plans have just done a pretty good little crowd calendar video specifically for uh, Mickey's Not So Scary, so plug for Touring Plans. Uh, you should find that on their website or on YouTube. I'm not getting... I'm not getting sponsorship from them, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, if they want to, uh, we're open to offers. Um, yeah. P-Dubs, I know that you are planning a trip next year. Yeah. Is Mickey's not so scary on your agenda if you're there when it's on? Uh, we will be there when it's on, and yes, it will be. So you'll be, you'll be there in July then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and I, we're, we are actually there for Halloween. Um, so I'm not sure what day it won't be on Halloween. Will be it'll be earlier in the trip mm. um, that we go. In fact, I think I'm going to be at Halloween Horror Nights on on actual Halloween. Okay, um, that's the way it's worked out. That towards the end of the the trip. So, um, so yeah, I will be will be going. And I'm looking forward to seeing this new new fireworks show. It should be good fun. Mm. And I've not seen the parade live before. So oh, that's awesome. It's a it's an absolute beaut. It really yeah. is. I mean, I, I took video of it when we last went in 2010. And it's, I mean, I, I should dig it out, actually, and put it out on the YouTube channel. Um, you know, it, I, it wasn't a bad recording, but seeing it in person is is not the same as seeing someone's video of it. It, it is really, it, it's my, you know, I, I love the, the Main Street Electrical Parade, but the Boo to You Parade is, is just next level. It's just so much fun, so much yeah. going on. Um, Definitely get a good spot for it. We we watched yeah. it in uh, Frontierland, actually. In fact, that's uh, where we watched the Christmas Parade yeah, in Frontierland, right at the, right at the entrance when it first first came out. So yeah, and it's quite a good stretch. And I don't know. I think they might have changed that. I think it used to be that the headless horseman galloped in front of the parade. Um, and that was quite a good stretch to see him, actually, you know? Yeah, because he, he launches the parade, really, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really good. Another tip, um, if, you get, if you have a car, or if you don't mind getting an, an Uber down there or something, um, is um, taking a trip to Celebration. 
yeah. during October because um, the residents there often do quite fancy displays in their house, in their in their front gardens of their houses. So um, that's that's quite fun to uh, to go and have a look at. Oh, little, yeah. little free oh, tip. Um, no, that's good. That's that's good. Um, I think you know we talked before that we felt sometimes that they've made very few changes to what they've been doing at Mickey's Not So Scary. So it sounds like they are, um, you know, trying to make a bit more of an effort uh, this year, which is good. Yeah, really good. the merchandise is already out. Really? God. Yep. Well, I mean, previewed. Oh, okay. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's out. I know Target and Walmart have started putting their Halloween stuff out already. So, yeah. It wouldn't surprise well, me. Too a couple of, quite a nice pin, actually. I think I might be purchasing uh, the pin. There's a couple of good t-shirts as well. Another thing, uh, we didn't talk about this on the last episode, I'm sure, because I think it was announced just after we recorded again, was that uh, the Skyliner now has an official opening date. Yep. And it is when we're out there, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's, in fact, it's the day we talked about mm. going to Galaxy's Edge. I know, so that, that then swayed me back into, well, if we're in the parks that day... We could yeah. possibly take a trip on the Skyliner. So, you know, Disney pushed me away and then they try and reel me back in. Um, I think it's... Um, I, I'd expect it to have opened before the end of September. Yeah, I would have thought so. But uh, that is the date that they've, they've announced. So, I would have thought they'd have wanted it open for uh, Galaxy's Edge. And maybe or that's... At least, a, at least a leg that goes to the studios. Yeah, and maybe that's why they've, they haven't. Um, maybe it's the same thing that, you know, opening it at that time in September um, is a bit quieter. Yeah. So maybe that's why they've they've delayed it because, um, you know, really you wanted it open in the summer season because that's when, you know, you've got your, your huge crowds. But, um, you know, that gives them the chance to get it up and running and tested and, you know, any kind of um, bugs ironed out, I suppose. Yeah. So in time for Christmas. So yeah. So that's that's good. I mean it's been going on for quite a while now. So it's good to finally get a date, I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a little attraction in its own right. Hmm. Oh, so I just uh, an update on the previous story. August the first is when cast member previews start. So apologies. August um, the first one. Well, so that's a full four weeks of hmm. checking yeah. out. So, P-Dubs, anything else from you? Yep. Um, another kind of connected story. Um, as Ben Solo makes his trip to Batu, um, his grandfather will be replacing him uh, at uh, Launch Bay in Hollywood Studios. Um, the Darth Vader meet and greet will be returning on August the 29th um, as, as Kylo uh, makes his appearances in, in the new land. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I did see that story as well. Um, I mean, is that is that the right place to put Vader? Do we think? Uh, I don't think there's anywhere else really to put him. If they still want people, still want to meet him. There's not really anywhere else to do it. Mm. But to be fair, I don't think that launch bay should still be there. Once the land's open, I think it should be closed. 
I, I reckon once Rise of Resistance is up and running properly, uh, up to full capacity, you're probably right. That'll probably make way for something else. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, we've we've already talked about how Star Tours doesn't really fit in there anymore for the same reason. Um so it wouldn't surprise me if if we see the end of Launch Bay and I don't know, give it maybe three or four more years before we, we lose Star Tours. Yeah. I think if anybody's gonna lose it first it'll be Disneyland. Yeah. Because at least the one in Hollywood Studios is within a couple of minutes walk. Yeah. Whereas Disneyland, they're on opposite sides of the park. Yeah. Well, it's in the other park, isn't it? Oh, well. No. No, it's in Tomorrowland. Oh, Disneyland. Yeah, you know what? It's it's because I'm thinking that um, Galaxy's Edge is is kind of almost like a third cake when actually, no, it's <laughs> it's an extension of uh, of Disneyland itself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I just don't. Either they should have extended Galaxy's Edge out a bit more to incorporate Star Tours, or it just needs to be moved out completely because it's yeah. a different. It's supposed to be a different land. It's supposed to be a different world. I don't. I don't see the need for it. And I like Star Tours. It's not because I, I, I want it necessarily to go. But if we're talking about theming and everything like that, then you've got to you've got to make it all work. And yeah. that to me now is not going to work being outside of a whole land devoted to Star Wars. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, it's team will come. Mm. Doomed. Doomed Captain Manning. When did it when did it change over to version two? Was it twenty eleven? Yeah. So somewhere around there, yeah. Give it two years and it'll be ten years old. That's what I mean. Like I think they're waiting for it to hit a, a landmark. Because at the end of the day, they, yeah. you know, when they build an attraction, it has a, a shelf life in terms of recuperating its cost. Yeah, getting their value yeah, out of it. They might be waiting to see. Well, they may get a bit more life out of it. If you know, if Galaxy's Edge kind of kindles people's interest, you know, and they can't get into Galaxy's Edge, they might think right. We'll do the we'll do all the Star Wars rides, or they could I guess they could upgrade the movie again, add more scenes into the movie and change it up for a bit. But sooner or later, it's it's either got to be rethemed to something completely different, or it's got to go. Surely. When uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but is it Hong Kong has got the Iron Man experience? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same attraction, just the yeah. to, to Iron Man now. Yeah. Mm. Now, I mean, they can't do Iron Man in yeah. florida as we know but if they've already turned you know if they made star tours into a marvel attraction in another park what's them stopping it you know them doing that with a marvel license that they can have yeah or or, or something else i mean oh it could, could absolutely could yeah. be could be any number of things but i think they need to you know if you're going to do something with it you need to get it away from star wars i don't think upgrading the film yeah. is going to do too much I think yeah. they need to think of something outside of the box. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about what it could be if, if they did something Marvel uh, in the next segment. So uh, there's a cliffhanger for you. Um, Mr. D, anything else from you? Um, I mean, obviously when we go in a couple of months' time, we're going to be at Coronado Springs. And 
it's um it's pretty much opened now. The Grand Destino Tower is open. Mm-hmm. The restaurant and bar on the top of it, the Toledo, is open. I thought it was going to be a signature, but it looks like it's a one uh, credit table service restaurant. Interesting. Yeah, it looks pretty interesting. Um, and then they've also opened the Three Bridges, which is a bar come restaurant, which is on the lake. Um, is that open now? Yeah. I've not seen yeah. anything of it yet. Yeah, there's, um, I've, I've been watching a few few videos on YouTube. And um, it's kind of odd, really, because it's got a menu, but it's quite a limited menu. It's almost, it's not exactly snacks. It's, it's more than snacks, but it's it's quite a small menu. Some of the stuff looks good, looks quite interesting, but I don't know. Um, it is a very, very limited menu. So I think uh, it's a bit of an odd one. It feels like it should have, it's kind of something and nothing really, you know, it should be more food to make it a proper restaurant or it's a bar that just does some snacks. Um, I think it's more the latter. I think it's more a bar that just does some some light food. Mm. Table news. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. So those are both open now. I think Coronado Springs is... There's more to be done. I think they're gonna eventually. I think they're gonna shut the old um, reception area or check-in area, and everything's gonna go through the. I think it's already closed. Is it? I thought it was still open. I think it's already gone. Okay. No, I think you can still go in it, but they're not. They're not using it. Right. Okay. Um. I think the. I think the check-in's all in the new, new area now. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. I think it blends in okay. I mean. there's no doubt about it. It's a a big a big tower on a resort that didn't have a big tower before, so it does intrude to some extent. But they've done a pretty good job of making it blend the, in. The views from the top, though, yeah, look phenomenal. Yeah. You can literally look right into Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, yeah. Why? So um, why have... definitely be trying the bar if not the restaurant? Well, of course you'd be trying the bar. Being yeah. rude not to. Yeah. But it leads the question to me uh, on what you just said there about the, the views at the top that you can see from there. Why have Disney never kind of put plans in motion to build their own wheel? Yeah, I don't know. I suppose they could. I mean, you know, it takes up a, 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 bit, of a la- bit of a chunk of land, mm. but you know, are you telling me that people wouldn't like pay money to go into an observation wheel and get this amazing view of, you know, the whole result? I suppose they've kind of got that in Disney Springs to some extent with, what do you call it? Panorama Jeep. Yeah, the uh, um, the hot air balloon. The balloon, yeah. 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 They've got a kind of low-cost version of that, but mm-hmm. not not quite the same thing, I guess. Uh, no, and the, the the problem with the the balloon compared to like an observation wheel is that it's weather permitting. Yeah. Now, you know, in Paris, it goes down a fair bit, Paul, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. You're lucky if you set it up for a couple of hours a day on on some days. Yeah. And we 
did try and do it on our last trip and uh, it was closed due to they, there was a storm coming or there was reports of uh, high wind or something so the balloon wasn't going up that afternoon. Um, so that's the problem with, with that is it is dependent on the weather and Florida weather can be very hit and miss, can't yeah. it? Um, but they've already got, you know, one of those wheels on iDrive. So they obviously are, are more, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're more reliable than, than what they've got at Disney Springs already. Um, and I, I think you've got I to think, them. I, was, I, was just, I guess I'll think that I'm, I'm sort of putting words in Disney's mouth now, but that sort of thing may just be a bit too kind of unthemed and ordinary for me. Really. It's, um, it's not, it's not original. There's loads of them around. Yeah, but just stick a Mickey make money. Just stick a Mickey Mouse head in the middle of it, like they used to have at uh, California Adventure, and it's all good. Still have. They've still not taken him off. Really? Even though it's in Despite credit the fact that Well, it's in credit coaster. It's the Pixar pal around, yet it's still got a huge, great big Mickey Mouse face on it. <laughs> so that's what they could just... That, that might be the reason why they've left it up there, because they've got nowhere for it to go. So yeah. hurry up, Disney. Pull your fingers out. Build an observation wheel. Just stick that in the middle. Jobs are good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. Was there any more news from either of you guys? No. In that case, we will leave this section and we'll move on to the next section, which is news from outside of the parks. The Diz After Dark General News is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. For all things Halloween Horror Nights at both Hollywood and Orlando, visit HHNUnofficial.com. Right, so... We've already, well, no, let me rephrase that. I've already recorded a, a review of The Lion King over on Pop After Dark. Um, I then released a bonus episode on here yesterday with my wife and daughter uh, about The Lion King and their view of it. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, talk about the box office of The Lion King. But before that, Mr. D, I know that you've just seen it. Yeah, we went to see it last night. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so what were your thoughts on The Lion King? Yeah, so I haven't listened to your review yet. I'm going to do that on Friday when I'm driving back. But um, I think it, it was a tough one because we talked about it. I went with my wife and youngest daughter. And we talked about it quite a bit on the car driving back. And I, I'd say that we all liked it as a film. And this is the thing, really. If... If there had never been an animated version and you saw that movie for the first time, I think you'd be blown away by it. I think you'd think it was absolutely fantastic because obviously the music is great. We know the music's great. And and it was essentially um, the animated film in CGI form. Mm. Um, and, and, it, and it was pretty much scene for scene, the original film. Uh, so from that point of view, we really, really liked it. Um, I, I know, I, th- I think you you made some comments, Nick, about you thought that they'd kind of taken out some of the emotion. And I, and I know what you meant by that, but I, I didn't lose too much of that. I thought, some, you know, the characters were still there. The, some of the jokes were still there. I thought Timon and Pumbaa were just as funny or funnier in the CGI version than the... Uh, 
than the animated version. So I really liked that. But then the fundamental problem is it just doesn't add anything. Mm. It's it's the same movie in CGI form. Certainly visually, it's much more stunning than the animated version. It's much more detailed. There's some really good scenes, particularly when... Uh, I hope it's not a spoiler because everybody's seen the animated <laughs> version, but... You know, when when Simba meets uh, Timon and Pumbaa and they're, you know, they're in their environment eating the bugs and that sort of thing, there's some really great scenes there. Mm. Um, really lush jungle and, and terrain and things like that. So it looks it looks amazing. It's just, but it's just the same story retold and I kind of wonder, you know, what is the point? You can go and see it, and it's a slightly different experience, but it just does seem a bit pointless, really. I mean, Craig will tell you, and he'll be saying, listen to the podcast back, that mm. every film is pointless if you if you if you break it down like that, because no yeah, film but, needs to be made. Yeah, but if you remake a film, there should be there should be a reason for remaking it, and if you, I completely if, agree. You know, so in some, in some cases, like. It may be that uh, there was a great film, and it was it was made, and it was made at a time when pre CGI or you know the special effects were really tough or limited. So now you've got a chance to remake it and bring the special effects up to the standard that a modern audience would expect. So I can I can get that I can understand that, but in this case that doesn't really apply. I don't think you know the animated. But- version to the CGI version all you're getting is different visuals yeah my my biggest problem and I think I may have said this during the review is that this is uh, an example of just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something so the fact that you have got this amazing ability now to make the you know a film that and it, you know you can call it live action we've called it live action but essentially it's, 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 it's an animated CGI. film yeah. because nothing is real nothing yeah. is real in the film so everything is animated so it, it's just photo realistic animation yeah i suppose yeah. um and i mean one of the one of the problems i had watching it anyway was i was sat on the the end of a, an aisle, and the woman on the other side of the aisle um, was laughing as if she was watching like Blazing Saddles or the Book of Mormon or something. Like mm. every single time there was a little joke, she would be hysterically laughing, and I just found yeah. it really off-putting. <laughs> um, I had one of those in Adventures in Game. Oh God! And and who who just hysterically laughed at? inappropriate moments oh <laughs> it was really weird yeah and um and so that that was kind of put me off my stride a little bit um mm-hmm. but to me it just felt like it was similar to like what gus van sant did with uh psycho those years ago it was so shot for shot it was ridiculous and i then so i went to see it friday night i then just just by chance we we had disney life on and um Zootopia, Zootropolis, my daughter's watching. And then when that finished, The Lion King was was queued up next. So we just left it playing. Yeah. And so I'd just seen the live action 
<laughs> keep saying it myself, kept in the new version and then was watching the, the animated version the next day. And what was staring me in the face was the fact that the Lion King is still up there with the most beautifully animated Disney films they've ever done. Like it still holds up now in terms of the quality of animation. And when you see the things like um, the, the songs in the film, um, yeah. you know, if you compare, um, I just can't wait to be king in the animated version to this new version, the life is gone from it because you can't do, you know, it's, it's a cartoon, so it would be wrong to do the things they did in the animated version. It wouldn't work. But um, it then kind of took some of the fun out of that song and that sequence for me. And the other thing as well is that because these are supposed to be realistic looking lions, you don't, you're not able to get the same expressions that you can in an animated film where then they're supposed to resemble lions to an extent, but they're over-exaggerated animated form. And mm-hmm. so that's where the emotion was lost for me because yeah. I, just, I just didn't feel it. And I, at times I felt like I was just watching a, a David Attenborough documentary, uh, doc- documentary where they had just, um, you know, rec- dubbed over some voices, um, you know, and, and that's, and so that was it. So I, I left, I mean, I, I really come out hating it. I'm still not happy with it. I'm tempted in a way to actually go back and see it again. Um, in case I, you know, it was, I was just in a, in a foul mood or because of the audience, I wasn't having a good time, but I still think my, even if I go back and watch it, I still think I'm going to feel the same in terms of, was it needed? Was it necessary? It's not changed anything. It's not, it's not added to it. That's the other thing is if you're not going, if you're going to remake a film, you need to either change it in a way that makes it better than the original or add things to it to make it different. And there was nothing. As I said, watching the the animation back the next day, it's almost time and shot for shot. Um, It's, it's quite remarkable. The funny thing was I, for some reason, I can't quite figure out why. I didn't feel the same about Aladdin. And, and Aladdin, so same setup. You know, Aladdin, much loved, especially in our house, Aladdin was a much loved Disney animated movie. I mean, yeah. you know, Eldest Daughter's favourite. Um, had Aladdin dolls, costumes, you name it. Um, but we really liked the live action version of that. And it and it did bring slightly different perspective of the fact that there were real people and you know, so you so you could get the expressions and you know the characterization and that sort of thing. But for some reason that I didn't feel like that with the Lion King. And it might be that that literally the Aladdin one was live action, albeit heavy CGI, but it was live action. Hmm. Whereas this one actually isn't live action, it's CGI, so it's animated to CGI. Yeah. And you're still limited by, you know, the characterization of those CGI animals. Like you said about um you said about the lions. I didn't notice it so much on the lions, but now that you say that, uh, I acknowledge that. But where I did notice it was like Timon, right? Because mm-hmm. he's one of the funniest characters in the in the whole movie. And although he's got the good lines in this movie, 
you're right. It, it, they still have to make it look like a um, a meerkat. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the animated movie, they can they can give them expressions that a normal meerkat wouldn't have. So that's that's definitely true. There was um, it's more. I had more emotional attachment to the meerkat from the compared to meerkat adverts <laughs> than to mine for that reason. Because again. Um, they're, they're more animated in those, you know, they're supposed to be realistic meerkats, but they're obviously a lot more animated than they are. Um, I mean, Our yeah. American I, listeners have probably got no idea what we're oh, talking about. Oh, that's what Google's for. Um, yeah, there you go. But, Com- uh, compare the market.com, Google that's that. That's right. But Timon, Timon and Pumbaa, I think everybody has said, has been a, a highlight of, of this one. Like they were in the first film. Um, yeah. They, they still worked in this one. There was a lot of... Yeah. I remember reading lots of complaints when they casted um, Billy Eichner and uh, Seth Rogen, which I think was, uh, you know, a bit unjust because, I mean, a lot of people probably didn't even know who Billy Eichner was, probably still don't now. Um, Seth Rogen, I think uh, people have opinions of him because he's been in so many films. And I've always quite liked him, even if I've not liked the material he's been in. Um, and I, I, I thought they both did a sterling job. The only thing I wasn't entirely convinced by is, uh, you know, Timon, just like in the, the animated version, uh, was voiced by a gay actor. But they, I felt they really played up on that more in this live-action version they did in the, in the cartoon. And I wasn't sure if you know i wasn't entirely sure what the you know what the decision was on that why they decided to to do that um because he he was in a way he was more flamboyant in this one but he you know one of the standout scenes in the in the animated one is when he puts on the hula outfit yeah which would have been more in keeping with how he was in the live action film than he was portrayed in the cartoon and obviously, because it was supposed to be more realistic, they didn't do that. Um, so I thought I thought it was interesting, um, but I thought they both did a really good job um, in in bringing them to life. I think the only problem was when you make things real is that Pumba, especially, um, you know, warthogs aren't the prettiest creatures, are they? Um, they're not the very baby ones. Baby well. Ones are cute. They're quite cute, but Which they're not as the end. yes. They're not as uh, aesthetically pleasing as, as some animals are. And Pumbaa yeah. in the cartoon, I think, is actually quite a cute-looking creature. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the other thing. I mean, if you have a look, um, if you've got one near you at the Builder Bear Workshop cuddly toy range they've done for the Lion King. Um, if not, you can have a look at them online. The the Pumbaa is something else. I mean, it's a really ugly-looking, cuddly toy. It really is. Um, because that's how hogs look like in real life. <laughs> it's just, it just is how it is. Um, yeah. I also wasn't overly keen with the hyenas. I didn't think they were quite as um, as interesting in the live-action yeah. uh, and CGI version than they were in the cartoon. I don't think their personalities stood out quite as much. Yeah. Um, and they changed yeah. some of them as well, so they didn't. They weren't all the same characters as the the animated versions as well. They changed some of the names. Um, so yeah, I, I said you know for me it was too similar. It didn't add anything to it. 
Um, and I think the big difference between this and the Jungle Book, because I know some people felt the same way about the Jungle Book, but because you had that human character in the Jungle Book, it, it seemed to work better for me yeah. than The Lion King did. Um, and yeah, I, just, I really just felt it was a lot of style over substance. But the thing is, I'm, I'm obviously wrong. Uh, and the critics, as it turns out, are also wrong because uh, The Lion King made $185 million at the US box office this weekend. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think there, you know, people want to see it. People love The Lion King, and this is uh, whatever you want to call it, a reboot, a remake, whatever, but it's, it's The Lion King. And so people are going to go and see it. Um, by the end of it, you know, in 10 years' time, when people think about The Lion King, which version are they going to think about? Are they going to think about the animated version or the CGI version? When And which one are they going to, you know, if they could only pick one of the two to own on Blu-ray, for example, you know, I know which one I would pick. I'd pick mm. the animated one every time. Yeah, I, I, I would be the same. Um, but this is, there's a new generation that's going to be watching this. And... Yeah. In fact, I'm going to ask but next time um, my daughter's away at the moment, um, when I see her tomorrow, I'll ask her that question, actually. Now she's seen both of them, and she, she watched the animated one on Saturday as well with me. Um, yeah. I'll, I'm going to ask her, now she's seen both of them, which one she thinks is better. Because it'd be interesting yeah. to see, uh, you know, as a, as a young child who... I mean, she's, she saw Lion King before yesterday, and uh, mm. oh, sorry, Saturday. So it wasn't the first time she'd actually watched the animated version, but she hasn't got that, um, she hasn't grown up with it like we did. It hasn't been in her life as much as it has been ours. So she hasn't got as much time of a time frame um, mm-hmm. between them. So it'll be interesting to see what she thinks about it. So I'll, I'll ask her that question, actually. I should have asked her that on the podcast. Um, but it's it's now become the biggest uh, grossing opening weekend in the month of July in America. Um, previously, it was uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. So that's right. held that for quite a while now. What's that, seven, seven, eight years ago? I think that came out. Yeah. yeah so, um, and also, because that's the other thing, is it classed as live action? Is it classed as, as animated? If it's classed as animated, it's also become the highest grossing animated film of all time in its opening weekend uh, because The Incredibles 2 made $182 million last year. So it'll be interesting how, you know, what the industry decides that it's going to be considered. Is it going to be considered a live action, you know, one of the Disney live action films or is it going to be considered an animated film? Um, it, must be, it must be CGI. It must be anime. Well, it's, it's if, you got call, to if you call CGI animated, it's got to be... I can't imagine any of it was live action. I think it oh, was. Apparently, I, I think... I'm sure I read somewhere that two shots in the film were actually live action and, yeah. and everything else, all, all the backgrounds, every you know, everything in the yeah. film was animated. So, okay. yeah, I, I don't think you, you can, but it, it may not stop people. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, we had predicted that, you know, this was going to be the biggest Disney film of the year um, of, the, of the ones they released. Um, and it looks like that's going to be the case. But 
would you believe that Aladdin is still really high in the charts? Mm. All right, let me just look at the weekend. Um, last weekend it was still fourth. It slipped down to the, it slipped down to seventh now. Yeah, um, it's been I out for it's nine gone. weeks. Yeah, I think it's gone from our multiplex now. Uh, it's still being shown in mine, but yeah. not. I mean, I think because it's it's school holidays, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. I think we've we've got one screen and a day left at the moment. Yeah, right. yeah. I think I think we've got one or two. We haven't got many. Um, but it's been out nine weeks, so mm. you know, I'm surprised it hung around as long as it did because again, that was the one that we thought was going to be the bomb this year. Um, we and did, didn't we? Uh, you know, we both saw it and both attested that actually it was it was pretty good. Um, but I'm surprised it's it's been as big as it has. I really am. And, um, you know, I know more people that have disliked Aladdin, including my wife and child, um, than have, have disliked The Lion King. So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's had, a huge, it's had a huge opening. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks to see if it still kind of stays up there um, and has that kind of longevity that Aladdin has. Um, so, so P-Dubs, you haven't seen it. I know you, how you felt about it. Now you've heard Miss, me and Mr. D talk about Lion King at length. Are you going to rush to see it? I actually nearly went to see it the weekend, annoyingly, oh. and it didn't work out. I was going to go. I had an exam Friday afternoon, and it just didn't work out. I didn't have enough time. I had to be somewhere else afterwards. Um, but I actually was going to go and see it, and I'm I'm quite intrigued by it. I not so much the fact that now you've said obviously that it is the same story and everything. I'm quite intrigued with the technology and stuff that they've used. Mm. Um, as you mentioned, there's probably not as much emotion in, in the characters and and stuff like that, but I'd, I'd still quite like to see it. And I've actually I just upgraded something and I've got six free cinema tickets coming, but I don't think they're going to be here in time to, to see it. I think it'll be gone by the time they get here. Oh. Annoyingly. <laughs> They've been sent by trawler from Australia. Well, apparently I've got to wait a month. Okay, oh, before no, that, they'll send them. Uh, Lion King will still be out before before then. It's the summer yeah. holidays. It's going to be around for yeah. while, at least in the UK. Um, that's the thing. Like I wouldn't say, you know, I didn't like it, but I wouldn't say to anybody not to go and see it because yeah. I always think you should make your own judgments on these things. Um, you know, just for me, it just, it just didn't work. Um, that was it, really. But uh, mm. yeah, so yeah, so Lion King so, is flying. Is still uh, done great business. Um, actually, just checking it out, it looks like it did. It added another ten million, so it looks like it did one hundred ninety-one million for the weekend. So they've added a few numbers on. Um, and uh, Ryan wanted me to mention tonight that he saw Spider-Man and he loved it. So um, yeah, I saw Spider-Man on Thursday. Yeah, what did you think? Yeah. Uh, I really liked it as well. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, uh, I think I liked it better than Homecoming, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I did as well. Funny enough, in that episode, the review of Lion King that I did, we also talked about um, Far From Home because we hadn't reviewed that. Um, and yeah, I come to the same thing. Um, I actually said that um, I kind of agreed with what Chris Ripley said. And uh, I think I, in some ways, enjoyed it more than Endgame, but for completely different reasons. Like Endgame, yeah. epic masterpiece. Um, yeah. 
I think this was just overall more fun. Yeah, I um, and had some great sequences. A, yeah, a single story. Um, you know, had less had less to do in terms of tying all the characters together. So it was it was more a kind of sit back and enjoy the raid tape movie. Yes. You weren't yeah. constantly set on edge to see who was going to like croak it. Yeah, yeah. All that drama had gone. Um, Spoiler alert, Mufasa still dies. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to, gonna have to put the old uh, spoiler bell uh, noise in the yeah. podcast now. Um, yeah. You have a big... But, um, sorry, sorry the, only, the only thing I was going to say is when we saw uh, The Lion King... Um, there was a trailer for Maleficent. Did you see that, Nick, when you went? Um, right. So I I missed everything. Okay. So the night the night before I went to see The Lion King, I went to see Jaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they re-released Jaws. And there was 27 minutes of adverts before the film started. Right. Now, Cineworld generally, and of course other chains are available, show about 20 to 25 minutes of adverts before a film starts. That's yeah. the average, right? But I will, because Jaws was a re-release, I didn't think they'd show that much, but they did. So when I went to see Lion King, my aim was to get there 15 minutes into the start of the, the program. Mm-hmm. So I'd see some trailers and you know, I'd be all comfortable in my seat. I got there, I got into the screen at uh, 14 minutes past seven, which is when it was due to start. And it was already uh, about a third into Circle of Life. Oh, well. So, like, they really can't get their timings right. Because normally, like, opening day films for Cineworld, it can be up to half an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's madness. So I really thought I was playing it safe by getting there, like, 14 minutes in and, no, missed missed the castle and everything at the beginning. Um, So I didn't. But I know that they weren't showing Maleficent. In fact, they didn't show any Disney trailers uh, when my wife and daughter went to see it yesterday. They did see the trailer okay. for Cats, though. Yeah, yeah, that was there. Cats. I mean, that is that is. A, <laughs> I could record uh, a whole yeah. podcast to think about that trailer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, but I have thought that was a bit strange. But oh my god, that is. Well, we're hoping it's going to come to Halloween Horror Nights next year. Um, but uh, I, I've seen the trailer for Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Mistress of Evil. Is it Mistress of Evil? Uh, could be, yeah. yeah. Um, it looks better than the first Maleficent. But then she that's looks, not saying much. Yeah. She looks a bit anorexic, doesn't she? She looks uh, they, um, a bit they, severe. They put, they put stuff in her face. Mm. To make it look all drawn, um, she's not actually that skinny. Yeah. I mean, she's quite skinny anyway, isn't she, Angelina Jolie? But yeah. yeah, she's got like cheekbones that you could cut yourself on. Yeah, yeah. In, in this movie, it's an effect. Yeah, she's not yeah, actually that skinny. Yeah, vampiric teeth as well. Yes, yes, I noticed oh, that as well. I think yeah. it looks quite interesting. Um, so yeah. it looks better than the first one, which it couldn't be any worse. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah. It comes out in time for the wife's birthday. She's a massive fan of the character Maleficent, um, but she did not like the first Maleficent film. So yeah. I'm not sure. I'm going to watch that again. I think. Yeah, it's good to I get didn't a refresh. Hate it. 
I didn't really like it, but I didn't hate it. Mm. I was kind of Le- neutral on it. Some bits I liked, some bits I didn't like. Little, Little trade secret. Annoyed me. Hmm? Little trade secret for you. My wife um, supplied the materials for Maleficent's dress in the new film. Which is why it looked so bloody good in the trailer bowl. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's her, her material um, from her, yeah. from her job. Yeah. So, yeah. I love little tidbits like that. Yeah. But the other big news yeah. we've got this weekend from the box office is we've got a new king. We have. Some very shifty shenanigans, if you ask me. <laughs> but I'll take mm, it. Yeah. Um, as uh, they announced, wasn't it, wasn't it funny it got announced at Comic-Con? What are the chances <laughs> of that happening, eh? Um, when uh, the uh, director of the previous number one film was in another room in the building. Was he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because he was there for Terminator, didn't he? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, they announced this weekend that uh, Avatar's 10-year reign of terror of the uh, the biggest box office hit of all time, not adjusted for inflation, uh, has come to an end. And that Avengers game did it. Um, yeah. It was very odd because last weekend, I think it was about $7 million behind. Yeah. And in that podcast where I review The Lion King, I mentioned the fact that um, while it's only $7 million short, I can't see it making that $7 million with where it's left open, especially as it comes out in America in two weeks, I think, for digital purchase. It's only, only a week now. Really? this week. Is it really? Beginning of next year, 30th, I think. So I was like, all right, it's yeah. not going to make another 7 million quid before the summer's out. Um, and then it, it turned out that some countries hadn't reported their numbers properly or some something um, not dodgy at all um, meant that uh, the box office receipts totaled um, 2.7897 billion. No, sorry, 27902 billion is what Endgame is now currently sitting at. Now, in, in the, if you adjust everything for inflation, I think it's about 7th or 8th in the, in the list. And Avatar is actually still above it if you adjust it for inflation. But let's not, let's not get nitpicky. Let's just you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, so it's, it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's good that a new film has taken over. Um, people were questioning the fact that did Disney want Avengers to beat Avatar because when they released Avatar 2 through 4, there's not much going for it except it was the biggest box office hit of all time. So now it's not that. They can't use that in their marketing. So it's... uh, They'll find a clever way to do that, you know. Ah, they'll just re-release Avatar again about six months before the new one comes yeah. out, won't they? Yeah. Easy. Um, but well, yeah, I mean... Obviously... The biggest box office hit of the... Uh, Naughties. Decade, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Well, 2009, you know. Mm-hmm. Had it for 10 years. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, as a, as a comic book fan, you know, seeing a film that's... Uh, you know, a, a Marvel film at the top of the 
box office charts is uh, is great to see. No one would have predicted it when the first Iron Man came out that it would ever get as big as it, it has. Um, and it's I think it's really good that that something has taken over from the Smurfs, really. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Yeah. P-Dubs is a, a, a resident nerd. Yeah, I, did, I honestly didn't think it was going to do it. I have to be honest. I, I thought when it didn't do as well as they were hoping with the re-release, straight off the bat, it, it did take a knock and I didn't think it was going to do it. I thought it had finished 10, 20 million short. Um, but it's, it's done it and it deserves it. After, after what they've, that studio's put into the previous films over the last, what, 11 years now, um, it deserved it. Um, and I'm glad, and I'm sure something will come and knock it off. Yeah, but at the moment, it's it's the popular genre. It it deserves to be there. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't see it being Avatar two, if I'm honest. But no. who knows? You know, it could make a really good Avatar sequel. Angry Birds two. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely won't be Angry Birds two. I, honestly, the trailer when I asked what the trailers were that I saw yesterday, it was uh, cats. Not going to see that. Playmobil, not going to see that. And Angry Birds 2, not going to see that. So I think my, my, I think my, my wife might have told my daughter that I would be taking her to see those films, but there is no way in hell I'm wasting my free ticket to go and see those films. I don't care that I'm not paying for it. It's, I've got to sit through them. No, you're all right. You can wait for those to come on TV. Um, the other thing we, we mentioned is that that got announced at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, they also announced Marvel Phase 4. Yeah. Now, what I thought was interesting, P-Dubs, on this, yeah. is the fact that Phase 4 wasn't just films. No, it's no longer just the films. Disney Plus is included in it. Um, they are part of the studio now. Um, they are separate to Marvel TV. Marvel TV are the guys that produced the likes of the, the Defenders stuff on Netflix, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cloak and Dagger, uh, Runaways, and the upcoming Ghost Rider series. Um, they're all run separately. They're still run by Mr. Pearl Massa um, and Jeff Loeb, uh, whereas the new stuff included in Phase 4 is being run by Kevin Feige. So it's interesting that he's, I mean, I suppose it makes sense in a way because all of the TV projects feature people from the the films. Yes. These are going to be of a certain, and that's not to say that, you know, things like S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't obviously have a budget or anything like that, but, you know, this really demonstrates the difference between what we've seen on the TV shows so far and what they're planning to do on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. These are going to be expensive shows. Yeah, they're not going to be cheap. They are going to be short series. They're not going to be full length. Um, I think they're six to eight episodes per series. Um, but they are including massive stars from the films. So it's not a surprise that they're having to shorten the, the span of the series. And to be honest, what they're probably going to do is just essentially film a film. Yeah. And just break it into chunks. Because if you think, you know, let, let's say 
because it's going to be Disney Plus, there's going to be no adverts or anything like that. So you could be looking anywhere between half an hour and an hour per episode. Yeah. Well, if you if it was half an hour, if you made a two hour film, that'd be four episodes. Three hour film would be six episodes. So you're pretty much there. So I'd guess they'd probably have similar budgets to a a normal blockbuster film. I would have thought so. Especially they're going to be including part of this. So um, we knew some of these films already and some of these shows already. Yeah. But we got a bit more of a timeline. So uh, Black Widow is going to be the first one out the gate on the 1st of May next year. Yeah. Uh, that's been filming for about a month now. Yep. Um, across Europe, and actually, the the studio is based here in England, where they're filming at. They're filming it at Shepperton. Um, so they actually did show a a short trailer, some some footage from the from the film. We haven't seen it. They've not released it to the general public. But people that were at San Diego got to see it. And but we'd already seen a few bits and pieces because I'd seen some. I think they've done some filming in Sweden. And yes. uh, you saw Florence Pugh um, featuring that with Scarlett Johansson. Um, David Harbour's been announced for it. Uh, Rachel yep. Weiss is going to be in it as well. Um, yep. So interesting, David Harbour's doing another comic book project so soon after Hellboy, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he probably already knew that he wouldn't be coming back Hellboy <laughs> by the time he took the job. Um but yeah, he's he's playing a a Russian, in fact. Mm. Um, and this is he is playing a a villain. We're not sure whether we will be portraying that side of the character in this film. We we didn't get many details. Uh, mm. We didn't get many details on really anything. We did see the villain is of the film. Yes, the villain has been confirmed as Taskmaster. Not um, to be confused that... with the Greg Davis and Alex Hong comedy of <laughs> the same name. No. No, um, he is a character that people have been clamouring for 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 a long time. Um, so we are finally going to get to see him, and he's been spotted on set anyway. Um, so it was pretty much a given that he he was the villain. So, so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, and then uh, a little bit later on in the year, we've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I still yeah. don't think it's a particularly good name, but hey ho, um, it's better. No. Than- it's better than another one that comes in a minute. Um, yeah. And all I got from this um, that I didn't know already is that um, Anthony Mackie, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the biggest film of all time, um, but um, he will be, although it's called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he will be in Captain America Garb. Yes. Um, they did release the, the logo, which features the shield. Um, so, yep, he's going to be... At some point, not not sure he'll, he'll start out as Cap, but um, by the end of it, he has said he has tried on the costume already. Um, so he's definitely going to be uh, wearing that. And and we got confirmation on the on the villain as well for the series. Uh, Daniel Brawl will be returning as as Baron Zemo. Yeah, in Civil War. I didn't realise that. I was quite quite pleased to hear that because I think he's a, a cracking actor. Um, yeah. I don't think he he was he didn't have a particularly big role. I don't think in Civil War. No, he didn't he didn't really get to portray the character in its its full expanse. So, and they have confirmed that we will see him in in his costume as well. He'll be he'll be wearing the mask from the oh, comic books. Okay. 
good. Uh, and then the 6th of November, we've got the uh, Eternals. Not to yep. be confused, of course, with the 90s band, uh, girl band. Uh, yeah, we, have, we haven't got Louise Redknapp. We've got, uh, going back to, to Angelina Jolo. Um, yep. she was she was finally confirmed. Um, Selma Halek uh, is in there. We've got, it's a real mix of of people that we know and people that probably a lot of people don't know um, with this this film. Very diverse uh, Richard, class as well. Yeah, Richard Madden for for all you Game of Thrones fans out there, he's he's in there. Um, there had been rumours that that Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things was going to be in it, but she she actually isn't. Um, they they brought in another younger cast member um, to play the character that I, I would imagine that Millie was meant to be playing. Um, I heard as well that they were talking to um, John Wick. Yes, they had been, but um, I know Kevin Feige did talk about it. Apparently they talked to him on a regular basis. Um, okay. They just haven't found a role for him yet. Just um, just. Just buy the rights to John Wick. Just make him a Marvel hero. Done. Uh, as I said, there, there was rumours swirling around that they were maybe considering him for Doctor Doom. Yeah, I, I, I like I like Doctor Doom a lot as a character, but I want. I, I, you know what? Actually, I don't know who I'd like Keanu Reeves to play in the MCU, but I don't think I'd want him to be Doctor Doom. I just think it, it's a character that will continue through multiple films. That's that's just my thinking, and I'd like to, to keep him around. Yeah, and uh, I was interested with um, Camille Nanjani and uh, Brian Tyree Henry as well. Yeah, they're, they're interesting. All of these characters, I really don't know a lot about these these characters at all. No, I don't. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's it's definitely going to be another Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, where people will end up falling in love with the characters. I hope so. I do hope so. I mean, the cast, other than... I, I, don't, I don't dislike Angela Jolie, but I don't think of late she's done much that's been interesting. I know no. she can, and I'm hoping... You know, I think if she's going to do something like that, it's going to be really interesting. It's probably going to be part of the MCU. Yeah, I believe originally they did talk to her about directing it. Well, that's um, that's good that that didn't happen. Yeah, I, I think we we saw Ben Affleck obviously go down that route and try and work on that Batman film that that didn't work either. Mm. And I think that you are better keeping something like that. It's su- such an epic scale that I think it must be difficult to do both with a film film like these. Yeah. And Brian Tyree Henry, of course, was just in uh, Spider Verse. Yes, well, so, you know, keeping you know a different Marvel world, but still in the uh, a still Marvel film. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, next, the year after, so we're in twenty twenty one territory now. We've got uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which yeah. is that a sequel to the Philip Schofield game show Five Golden Rings? I don't know. <sighs> Oh yeah, Holly Willoughby's playing the villain. But what I what I do think um, it was interesting. This announcement is the villain. Yes. So this is kind of a quasi sequel to the Iron Man trilogy. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the. Uh, it's just a shame he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, the thing is, the reason why I did what I did with the Mandarin. 
um, was the fact that the Mandarin was quite um, a politically incorrect character, a bit of a stereotype from when yeah. he was first introduced in the comics. So I thought it was great when they announced Ben Kingsley as paying him. Sorry, Sir Ben Kingsley. Uh, yeah, make sure you add the Sir bit. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. For those that haven't listened to uh, Alas Ripley and Branch, that will, won't make as much sense. Um, but because he obviously... Um, you know, wasn't Chinese or didn't have that background. So I thought it was genius that they, the whole thing was a kind of spoof on that, really. And I know that really yeah. upset a lot of people, but I, I thought it was really, really funny. I thought it was a very clever way of doing it. So um, I'm glad that we are actually seeing the proper Mandarin in this film. Yeah. Played by somebody um, who is from the correct background to do so as well. Yeah, and it's his first Hollywood film. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's gonna, it's obviously going to play very well in China, which is a market yeah. that Marvel are doing very well in at the moment. I mean, Endgame was seriously propped up by um, how big it launched in China. It didn't have legs, but it you know became like the biggest film in China that year. Um, and it's an it's a ever, ever-growing market. So it's good that they've got a character. It's a bit like... What they're doing with Mulan as well. That's going to be a film that's going to play very well over there. Um, but it's a character that I'm not very familiar with. I'm aware of, but not actually very, really familiar with the character. So I'll be interested to see what they do with that. Yeah. Um, then just after that film comes out in spring, we've got uh, Wonder Wonder Vision, Wonder Vision, Wonder Wonder Vision. <laughs> and if that isn't a thing, then they're idiots. Um, Still the the worst title by far of the yeah. MCU. Um and yet yeah, all we know really is um Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are back playing yeah. Scarlet Witch and uh, the Vision. Yeah, um we also had a casting announcement for, for that series. We're getting the, the grown up version of Monica Rambeau from Captain Marvel. Uh her, uh-huh. her best friend. So she's gonna she's gonna star in it as well. Um, she was announced at the same time, um, and not only that, this TV series also links into the next film we're going to talk to. So our first big connection between the the TV series and the and the films. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it's the only one. Yeah, I would be one. as well because we're going to see Cap. We know we're going to see Anthony Mackie as Cap in a future film. Mm. Um, but this is the only one that they've kind of said, yep, this follows into the next next thing we're doing. Yep. And, but before that come, before that next film comes out, around the same time, we're going to get Loki. Yeah. Um, which I'm surprised is, is as far away as it is, but then I suppose Tom Hiddleston's probably a little bit busy. Uh, well, he's just about to start on Broadway for a start. Oh, is he? Um, What's he doing? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. He posted a picture the other day um, mm. that said, this is my home for a... For a while, um, of him outside the theatre. Okay. Um, so um, he's he's going to be tied down with that for a while. And all we know really is the fact that this is going to be set um, after we last saw him in in Endgame. Yep. Yeah, so it's going to be set. The time basis is going to be set in two, two, uh, 2012. Um, from the, the scene of the original Avengers, but it is, it is going to be a time travel series. Yeah. Um, where we will see him causing mischief in uh, 
historical locations. I really hope he has a sidekick called uh, Ziggy. But that's just me. <laughs> or a hologram yeah. called Al. Who knows? The next film, though, and the one with the most interesting title, is <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Um, as we said, it is linked to WandaVision. Uh, Scarlet Witch will be returning to the big screen mm-hmm. alongside Sorcerer Supreme. Um, and this has been billed as their first horror movie. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure where, where that's going, but um, yeah, we shall see. Uh, obviously- no confidence. No confirmation on any other cast members other than those two at the moment, but Scott Derrickson, the director, will return. He directed the first one. Yeah. It it sounds good. Um, I mean, you know, if if Suggs doesn't make an appearance, I'd be disappointed, but, you know, I'll take that. But what, you know, who I'd like to see? Spider-Ham. I'd like him to make an appearance. If there's a multiverse, that means we could get Spider-Ham. I bet we won't because the world doesn't no. matter enough. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what that, what that means. And I think that will probably lead into the final film of that year. Well, let, let's put the brakes on here. There is actually a hole in the schedule that wasn't announced. When Disney released their uh, schedule hmm. earlier this year, there was another unnamed Marvel film for the summer of 2021, which hasn't been announced. Was that on top of Doctor Strange, though? I think it will be... He dubs disappeared. Yeah, he's gone. That was a, that was a cliffhanger. <laughs> I think it will be... <laughs> and he's gone into the multiverse. It's a little bit like when you're watch, you're playing, uh, you're watching a murder mystery. Yeah. And someone goes, "Well, I know who the killer is, and the killer is," and then it fades black, and then they come back, and that person's been stabbed. Yeah, Sorry, my headphones died. <laughs> 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 Won't reconnect um, for some reason. Um, yeah, I think that hole will be Spider-Man. Okay. Um, which will be appropriate if we are talking about the multiverse. Yep. Uh, it fits right in, and I would believe that Disney wouldn't be announcing it. I think this will come yeah. down to Sony announcing it. Well, I suppose they have. They couldn't announce if they wanted to, because yeah. it hasn't made a billion dollars yet. No. It's made like $850 million or something. So it's well on the way to a billion. But I think that might be why. But that was interesting. I didn't notice that gap. Um, also, that summer we're going to get What If on on Disney Plus, which is yep. their first animated show. Um, and for anyone that's not familiar with what What If uh, is or was, I don't know if it still exists, but um, they were one shot comics where every month it would be a different scenario. So it could be. Um, you know, what if Wolverine wasn't experimented on? Or what if uh, Captain America didn't become a super soldier? Which is um, the first story. Is it really? Yep. Uh, it's, no, instead Agent Carter is 
the super soldier and oh. Steve Rogers is still skinny little Steve. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't read that up. That is really weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I used to love the, um, I used to love the comic books. Um, I dip in and out of them as I think a lot of people did because some of the stories would sound more interesting than, than others. Um, but it was a very long running series, um, which I yeah. think kind of got cancelled and came back multiple times. Um, but it's interesting, and yeah, be you know, it's an, it, you know, be interesting to see what the animation's like for it as well. Yeah, and there's um, twenty to thirty returning actors and actresses ooh. Um, from across the MCU. Nice um, that are going to be starring in it. Um, Haley Atwell's already confirmed. Um, the only one weirdly that was missing was Chris Evans. Hmm. Which I thought was a little strange. Hmm. But then was Danny Jr. announced? Uh, don't know. Because it could, could, I mean, not saying that there was, there was definitely going to be an Iron Man featured in, in one of the episodes, but you would think that it, it's very possible that getting the, uh, sorry to say it, but like the main cast back might be too too expensive. Yeah. No, everybody else, so all the ones that are still surviving are coming back. Um, Chris Hemsworth was on the list. Um, obviously, all the guys that are still working there are coming back. The likes of Michael Rooker um, nice. were on the list to come back as Yondu. Excellent. I can't wait to see what if Yondu actually was Mary Poppins. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> just just a 30-minute animated version of Mary Poppins with Yondu instead of... Uh, Goody Andrews, take oh. my money, Disney Plus. Um, we've also got the last series as well they announced, which was Hawkeye. They proceeded to announce this with the worst logo ever known to man. But it did have a, it was animated. Um, there was a whole bit that they didn't show. Um, oh, okay. I haven't seen it, um, which introduces Kate Bishop, um, the second Hawkeye. Um, that's where the storyline's going. It will be Clint teaching Kate to be Hawkeye. Um, and they did also also mention that it will touch on his time as Ronan as well. Um, so we're going to get a bit more of that backstory from, from Endgame. And then an announcement that we, we'd had a few days before Comic-Con, we had it confirmed, yeah. uh, was the return of uh, Taika Waititi to yeah. uh, make Thor uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah, didn't know that bit until uh, they announced it. it was, no. Uh, previously, they just called it Thor 4. Which is, um, which honestly, would be the best title for it. Yeah. Thor 4, brilliant. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I was very excited to hear he was coming back. And then when they showed the logo for Thor Love and Thunder, um, it's in the same style as Ragnarok, that kind of 80s yeah. heavy metal type of font. So yeah, it it reminds me of He Man. Yeah, yeah, it was it, that that time period absolutely. Yeah, bit of He Man, bit of Thundercats, um, yeah. just a bit of eighties retro. Um, but the big news that they didn't announce leading up to it, but they did announce at the, uh, the the reveal of the film, is that Jane Foster's back, Natalie Portman's yeah. back, and she will be playing a female Thor. They've said that she's not playing female Thor. She is playing uh, the mighty Thor. 
right? Okay, well, that's what she's in the comics, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't want her to be known as female Thor. Well, no, nor should they. I mean, no. I, I said that just purely because of the structure of it, but no, they, of course they shouldn't be calling her female Thor. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be ludicrous. So what we didn't say female Thor, I don't call me that. Um, but I thought it was good. I, what pleased me about it is that the, the internet didn't have a, a hissy fit. No. I thought they were going to. And the storyline in the comics, great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that, that on screen, to be honest. Yeah. I, lo- I like Natalie Portman. I know she's, she's had her issues uh, in the MCU in terms of you know, how they use and everything like that. Um, so I think this is, this is good that, um, that she's doing this. I didn't realise, actually, that when she was in, in Endgame, that was actually old footage. Yep, they, like they had her in to record. Yeah, they, they brought her in to record a couple of lines. Yes. Um, but other than that, it was all old footage that they'd already, already done for previous movies. But I think this will probably tie into, I mean, they didn't say that, but considering that the title of Doctor Strange included multiverse, um, yeah. I think that will probably lead into this film. Yeah. And then right at the end, with no release date that I could see anywhere, um, no. is that they're rebooting Blade. Yeah, with Michelle Arale. Who um, was in? He was in Luke Cage. <laughs> and he was also in? Uh, oh, yeah, he was in something else. What was he in? He was in Spider-Verse. Oh, of course he was, yeah. He was the Prowler in Spider-Verse. Yeah, he was, yes. Yeah. So, um, which, of course, was also played by Donald Glover in uh, Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. And they, they talked to him about cameoing in Far From Home as well, and it didn't. they just couldn't get it to work in the story. Oh, that's a shame. So yeah. I would imagine we'll probably see him again at some point. We're going to have to. Donald Glover's definitely going to be back in the MCU. He's too, yeah. too big of an actor now to not Especially be. with the multiverse being yes. thought about. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, Blades, you know, was the, the first kind of rebirth of the Marvel uh, series of films, you know, before yeah. X-Men was Blade. Um, and it was a low-budget film, but it was the one that... Hollywood kind of took notice of and thought, actually, we could probably make some money on these superhero films. And yeah. um, it's it spurred on what would later become the MCU. So it, I'm glad it's come back. I know Wesley Snipes has been talking for years about wanting to come back as Blade, but, it, you know, he's unfortunately a bit too old now and a bit too yeah. troublesome. So yeah. I'm glad that they're, they're doing something with the character. So Yeah, it's, it's about time. He's... This is another one of those characters like Daredevil that, that kind of needed to come back at some point because he is such a, a huge part of the, the comics. Um, he interacts with quite a lot of the characters. Uh, Spider-Man for a start. Right, it's at the, um, the end of the panel. They didn't give us dates, but they did confirm what we already knew, which is Guardians, uh, Volume yeah. 3, uh, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. I don't think we'll get release dates until next month. No, I, I would. They, he's come out today and said that they've already got Phase Five planned. Right. Um, so I think we'll get it at D twenty three. I think we'll get the next like four years, um, like we did the last time. Yeah. When they announced it, we got we got four years worth. So I think they did half of it for for San Diego and half of it will be for D twenty three. And I would imagine we'll get more detail in the ones that we already know about. 
um, D23 yep. in just a few short weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think that's enough for this episode. Uh, jam-packed, if you ask me. We're far too kind yeah. to you with all the content we give you. So uh, thank you very much, Pulse. And You're very welcome. Thank you. And uh, we will be back with another episode of This After Dark in a couple of weeks. Night, y'all. Good night. Good night, boys and girls. <laughs> back to Jack and Aubrey. <laughs> back to Jack and Aubrey, yeah. Why? Because we like you. Kick it! Can't get enough, can't get enough. He's the one, two, Hello Internet, I am Firebolt. And I'm the Orbiter. And we are collectively known as Breaking Breaking Dad. We've been asked to put together an advert, what are we going to say? So we have a podcast called Breaking Bollocks. Where we talk about stuff. Yeah, we just talk bollocks, that's where the name comes from. Yeah, it's quite sweary. The other podcast is Better Call Paul. A musician's diary. Which is basically him talking about his adventures as a musician. Well that was awkward. (laughs) Let's not do an advert again. (laughs) This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network. Um, he spends a lot of time with him. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. What's up? You there, Mr. Day? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Um, so, right. <laughs>